You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by PrimroseLeaf.com, multi-use nutritional supplements for your immune system and overall good health. Youth, beauty, longevity, primroseleaf.com. Now, before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. Well, my guest this week is Elizabeth Gould, a best-selling author and founding member of Randy Zuckerberg's Global Leadership School at the Zuckerberg Institute. Elizabeth in experiences the joy of working with people around the world to unlock their potential. She has spent decades interviewing thousands of successful professionals to understand how they behave to achieve what they want. Her work is endorsed by world-renowned life and business strategist, Tony Robbins. Feeling Forwards is her third book, and as Tony Robbins has said it best, Feeling Forwards helps you find the power within to overcome unbelievable challenges and take a quantum leap forwards. And that's what we aim to do today. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Elizabeth Gould to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Ward Bond. I've been so excited to have this opportunity and be part of this very interesting and highly thought-provoking podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And you know what? I want to kick this off with all of my listeners because I want I want them to grasp and understand your book, Feeling Forwards. And ladies and gentlemen, I, w- I want to just kind of quote this from the book because I want you to kind of grab a hold of this because this is what it's all about. At least that's what I feel. So Feeling Forwards is a thinking and feeling revolution. It's not about writing to-do list or visualizing every step towards a goal. And it's not about punishing yourself for who you were in the past or reminding yourself of all the reasons why you're not living the life you want right now. Feeling forwards is about living life as the complete person you've forgotten you already are and not as the person who's just waiting to shine. And Elizabeth, when I read that in your book, I was like, wow, that's what people need to hear. Yes, I I believe this absolutely. And, you know, so many people, when they think about developing themselves personally or wanting to make a change in the literature and the teachings over the last couple of decades, the emphasis has always been on thought, thinking patterns, habits, getting up in the morning at a certain time. And they're all really useful things. But in my mind, it's emotions that are the missing piece of the puzzle. Because if we could think our way to happiness and success, let's face it, we would keep every New Year's resolution and we would carry out every good intention. (laughs) And you and I both know that really happens. Yeah, you know, I think the, you know, I understand the to-do list, but those are for like weekend chores. But when it comes to achieving the dream or or wanting to reach a goal, I think a lot of these self-help books just kind of give us the same pattern over and over again and it lacks the emotional aspect 
that we really need to focus on for the most part. And is that what Feeling Forwards is about? Yes. I mean, another example is when you go back or you think of going back to your childhood, or I I know you have children, I do too, and you watch Mm -hmm. them play. And when they're three or four or five, they decide to be pirate, superhero, cowboy, and they transform themselves in that instant, they change the way they move. They change their voice. They grab a scarf or a hat and and or a, or a, um, a piece of paper to and they, their enthusiasm and their joy transforms them into that superhero cowboy pirate immediately. And it's the power of the emotion that does that, not necessarily just thinking about it. They don't, like adults, need a three-day focus group to decide which (laughs) eye patch to wear or what side to put it on. And as a child, I've, I've always been fascinated with this kind of how you can transform yourself. And I remember the stories of long ago explorers that 400, 500 years ago would all climb into a boat and sail off into the distance with a map that basically was just full of holes because no one knew what was out there. And if someone had taken them aside the night before and said, look, I know you really want to go on this journey, but even if you find land, even if you don't lose a couple of fingers due to scurvy, even if you don't get eaten by some giant octopus, even if you do find a buried treasure, you're probably not going to make it back. So are you really sure you want to go? What kept those explorers, thank heavens, moving forwards and so many adventurers now in business and and personal pursuits is the feeling that although they can't see it yet, although they're not quite sure how it's going to happen, there's something out there and they just have to keep going. And feeling forwards really reflects on how you can harness and sustain those feelings of hope and excitement and enthusiasm, even though your life might be looking pretty bleak at the time. Wow. You know, I think that uh, as we get older, I think we really forget what it was like to be children. Mm-hmm. And and I think if we looked back how we did things, you know, we would, like you said, we would do things without even thinking about it. And as we get older, we seem to lose that ability to be spontaneous. But at the same time, when it comes to having dreams and goals, I still think that we could use the spontaneity to benefit our pathway, I I guess I can explain, is is to have that right pathway to where we want to go. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And I think there's been a misconception developed that emotions are are far more um, unpredictable and uncontrollable than our thoughts are. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes my thoughts run around like a room full of monkeys and I have to kind of bring them back into check. But with emotions, yes, of course, we can become overwhelmed with grief if tragedy strikes or overwhelmed with joy at a, a miraculous event like a birth of a child. But You can actually choose your emotions just as easily as you can choose your thoughts. And really, the quality of your life depends on what you notice. And that's where feeling forwards comes in. I mean, Dr. Ward, sitting here today, I can choose one of two realities and everyone else on the planet can. You can almost like take a a mental line down the middle of a page and you look at your life as it is today. You can focus on everything that's going wrong, on everything on your to-do list you haven't done yet, and how far away you are from where you want to be. 
or you can notice only, and that's important, notice only what is working, even the small step you make forward. The picture of the person you want to become who has the future you want firmly in your mind and you can move forward with a sense of enthusiasm and adventure. The reality doesn't change, but how you use your emotions and your observation literally creates your future. I love that. I love that. Now, I know in your book, you point out a crucial difference between the mind and the brain. Why is that distinction so important? Oh, I love this question. It comes on also, it's so relevant to go back to the New Year's resolution idea. So your brain is is the, the matter that is contained inside your head, basically. And your brain was designed originally to keep you safe. And I always like to think about the woolly mammoth. You know, back in prehistoric times, man really was, and woman, was concerned with fire safety and not getting eaten by the woolly mammoth and finding enough food. <laughs> yeah. And the thing with your brain is it really doesn't like change because if you have made it through the day, eating takeout, binging Netflix on the couch and doing a little bit of work, the brain figures, well, it went really well today. We didn't get eaten by the woolly mammoth. So why would you want to make a change? Because you're safe. So I, I had a boyfriend once who every year on New Year's Day, in anticipation, he would buy a new tracksuit. And when New Year's Day came, he would go for a run. And he would come back exhausted because he was quite unfit. And he would say that it felt terrible, it felt awful. Some years he made it to the next day, some years he didn't. And when I was through my research, I realized the brain and the mind were having a huge argument because your mind is really not only your thinking, but also your feeling. And we've got all sorts of receptors. And you know, as an esteemed medical doctor, we've got all sorts of parts of our body that influence our thoughts as well. So my poor boyfriend, he was going for a run and his brain was saying, this feels awful. Your knees are feeling sore, you're panting. You haven't panted like this for years. This can't be good for you. But at the same time, your mind's saying, no, 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 this is going to be great. You're going to get fit. You're going to be trim. You're going to change yourself. And while he was running, this battle inside his head and his body was was uh, taking place. And because he, and I write about him just a bit in the book, he just doesn't ascribe to personal development. And a lot of people don't, and that's okay. Um, so when he came home, he couldn't sort out what was his mind was trying to do and what his brain was trying to do. So sadly, he did what a lot of people did, and he gave up. You know, it's funny because I loved the title of Chapter 2, which says, You Can Ignore Your Brain. Yes. And I thought that was like, <laughs> wow, we can ignore our brain because, you know, there's a difference between, I, I, I'm going to probably have to let you explain it, but there's emotion, there's thought, you know, there is, it's, you know, even like memory, if we think about memory, it's like this, yeah, we have memories in our brain, but at the same time, memories are things that it's almost like they float out in space in a way. But I love these, these bullet points that you had at the very beginning of the chapter. And I thought they were very interesting, like, have your eyes ever played tricks on you or do you keep repeating certain negative behaviors automatically boy that's a big one for a lot of people is there a habit you want to break but can't seem to change and the last one is would you like to learn how to grow parts of your brain and i love those points 
Can you kind of explain some of those for us? Oh, yes, absolutely. I I love that you've gone to this part of the book because a a lot of people focus on the creation of your future, which I'm sure we're going to get to. But um, (laughs) ignoring your brain, I mean, it it goes back to the brain keeping you safe. So as soon as you do something new, it feels really uncomfortable. So even um, through some of my coaching work, I used to challenge students to open the front door with their keys with the opposite hand for a week. And they said, oh, it felt terrible. It felt so hard. I said, yeah, because you're doing something new. You were literally changing the pathways inside your brain to do something completely different. And the brain didn't like it because it was doing something different, which might not be safe. Now, the parts of your brain, I saw a film as a, as a child, which I was absolutely entranced with. And um, have you ever been to London Ward? No, I have not. I have been to Ireland, but I have not been uh, to England. Ah, then we should. Yeah, well, Ireland's on my list. (laughs) But in London, they have a system called the Black Cabs, and it's a very prestigious role. Even now, they don't use GPS. What the the want-to-be cabbies have to do is pass a test called the knowledge. And there are 25,000 streets inside London, and a lot of them, because it's a very old city, a lot of them are one-way or dead ends. So they have to memorize every single pathway down every single street in London before they can call themselves a a London cabbie and and be able to drive a black cab. Now, this takes around four years and it is grueling because they have to learn all the way down every street all across London over and above their regular job. So many, many London cab drivers, it's their dream. And what the researchers found was because of this really highly concentrated effort in the want-to-be cabbies' brains, there was a certain area of their brain called the hippocampus that actually got bigger. So when I love this because it's it's proven, it's incredibly powerful because we, we get told that our brain is like a muscle and we should use it. And we think, oh, yeah, you know, perhaps that's one of those things that people say. But this has demonstrated that you can, over time, not only create pathways in your brain, but you can actually grow parts of it. And as an aside, and this isn't in the book, but I love this question. When they dissected Einstein's brain, of course, they a lot of people thought his brain might have been bigger than everyone else's because it was he was such a brilliant man. But in fact, what they found was the pathways or the, the um, connections between different sections of the brain were much denser than they were in an average person who wasn't Einstein, which is nearly all of us really. <laughs> um, they found <laughs> he had the ability to develop what they call neural pathways that was so much more intricate because of the way he thought. You know, that is an absolute truth. And it's so funny that you bring that up because I just I had just finished up an interview right before our interview. And one of the things that we talked about was how learning to play a musical instrument improves brain function and regardless the age of the person if you learn something new you can create new nerve pathways and in a way create your own brain to become as dense as einstein's and and i and it and you know research backs that up 
Absolutely, absolutely. And they've done so much work also with regard to the brain. And you mentioned in the second part of your question, you talked about the brain and thought and emotion. There used to be a thought, and I, I spent a lot of time in, in my book because I didn't include anything that I couldn't verify. That's the, the girl that used to be a lawyer coming out in me. <laughs> but the current cognitive research is that you have a thought, a choice, and an emotion simultaneously. Wow! So that one, I, that one, I really have to. Well, this is yeah. no pun intended. I really have to think about that one exactly because that's that's deep. That's deep. Yeah, there's some a recent work done by Dr. Caroline Leaf, which is amazing because I thought I I touched on some similar material in my book, and I thought yes, we no longer have to think that we have thoughts ruling our lives. We can feel hopeful when on the face of it, there is nothing at the moment to look forward to, and we can change our future in that way. Just if I could also touch on part of your question, you talked mm -hmm. about um, uh, time and how fluid it is. And I wondered, how did the, the concept of feeling backwards resonate with you? You know, when you were explaining just uh, changing your the hand in which you use to put keys into the door that's a big thing for a lot of people and i'm left-handed and for me to do something right-handed it's extremely awkward <laughs> you know so so i i can understand how that would work and even your explanation of talking about the cab drivers in london if if a lot of people would just put their gps away and learn to I guess, you know, learn directions the old way, they'd be amazed on how much smarter they actually become. Absolutely. Because I, cause, because I believe we actually get lazy with technology. Well, we do because we use it in a certain way. And I've noticed with the younger ones in my family, they, they pick up something new, a new piece of technology, and they, they almost just poke at it because they expect it to work instantly, like <laughs> like an Apple phone. And it's like, guys, you know, they gave you a book of instructions for a reason, and you may actually have to read them. Now, <laughs> they go yeah, watch a exactly. YouTube video instead, but anyway. Well, oh, yeah, but, you know, I want to ask you something because Chapter 5, and, you know, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I love the way that this book is laid out. It's it's easy to read, but there's a lot of things in this book that are very profound, and you will learn so much. And you really need to read it, not rush through it. But the way I like to read books is I like to read a chapter a day. That way you read the chapter. You can think about it throughout the day. If there's things in there that you may encourage you to practice, you can put things into practice. But this is one of those kind of books. But Elizabeth, chapter five and the title, the title kind of grabbed me right off because it says you can bend time. And of course, you give three bullet points there. I'm not going to go through all three, but the third one intrigued me because I think a lot of all of us can relate to this. And it says, have you ever felt something incredible was going to happen without knowing what or when? What kind of research did you come across for that? It really centers around hope and also the observation point that I, I made earlier. So many people, and it's it's a challenging time at the moment, but so many people become so fixed on looking at what isn't working and observing what, what they don't want that they 
don't open themselves up to possibilities of what could happen. And one of the elements of feeling forwards is when you're creating and designing your future. Actually, I, I just mixed up. Abraham Lincoln had that lovely quote, the best way to design your future is, is to create it. And when people are looking at how they want things to work out, inevitably they get stuck on the how and they get bogged down in the middle. And if you're looking to achieve an aim, the best way to is to focus on the aim rather than how you're going to get there because life is miraculous you can have things happen to you in a way that you could never have expected for example just with myself and and i love this interview because this this also isn't in the book but for many for many years really in my life's aim and purpose i thought was to become the next agatha christie uh, ah. I just read her books and I, I wrote manuscripts. Seriously, Ward, every time I move, there is a box full of manuscripts that were rejected that I just can't quite bear to let go. But I always knew I wanted to be an amazing writer and I thought that was the, the path. And then I switched after I got cancer. It occurred to me that there weren't any books in the market on how cancer survivors think and feel. It was all about um, uh, meditating and being positive and eating raw vegetables and whatever. And they're really valuable books, but what goes on yeah. inside the mind of a cancer survivor and how is that different from, from other people? And that first book was published in eight countries and it was a bestseller. And I thought, oh, okay, so I can be a great writer. I just got confused as to how it was going to happen. I thought I was going to write books on solving the murder mystery, but really what my <laughs> purpose is is to write books that helps people solve the mystery of themselves. But if I had never firstly maintained my enthusiasm which i must confess did wane from time to time oh, <laughs> I bet. after rejections um but if i had decided only no it has to be this way then i would never have been where i am now and i also want to share also not in the book but i find it fascinating that super glue and the post-it note do you know the the note that you write on that doesn't really stick to the page or do you call them yeah. m3m or m3 in the States. Uh, no, we can't post it. Okay. Well, both super yeah. glue and the post it note were invented when the scientist was trying to create the opposite result. Wow. So, super glue, they were trying to invent a glue that didn't stick very much. And the post it note, they were trying to invent a kind of super glue. Now, if the scientist had invented this and said, well, this is completely useless, this hasn't kind of worked out how I wanted, the world would have been deprived of two very useful things. But because the scientist maintained their sense of enthusiasm and hope that they were trying to invent something great, they said, you know, didn't set out to do this, but this could be really cool. Well, you know what? Let, all right, let's take that thought process and... And combine it with the physical body. You brought up cancer patients. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things about cancer patients is the very day that they receive the diagnosis. Based on the thought process or the emotion, it could be one of, I will conquer this, versus those that immediately have the thought of, oh no, I'm going to die. Mm. And you can either be, take the challenge and be positive, 
are you, for some, they have chosen to be defeated at the very beginning. And, and it has a lot to do with survival and, and the way that if they do survive and even, even if the treatment is, you know, ungodly and horrible, those that desire to live do. And, yes. you know, so the power of the mind has a very strong correlation. You know, it's kind of like body, mind, and spirit. There's a reason why there's three, and each one depends upon the other to thrive. Yes, and, you know, and unconsciously at the time, I used feeling forwards when I was diagnosed with cancer because it was, I mean, to be diagnosed with cancer, it's it's like the world stops turning. It's, it's a feeling I would not wish on anyone. But at the time, I took a slightly unusual approach. I had two very small children. They were two, no, nearly two and just four. And my biggest fear instantly was I'm not going to live to see them grow up and they're so small they will not remember me. Mm. And that is a horrible thought for any parent. So I said to my oncologist, um, once they'd done all the tests and had been diagnosed, I said, I don't want to know anything about this tumour. I don't want to know how big it is. I don't want to know how aggressive it is. All I know is I want you to give me the most severe treatment so that I survive. And then when I went into surgery, I said to my breast surgeon, I, it sounds like I was a very bossy patient. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to be. Sometimes you have to be. Exactly. I said to my breast surgeon, I don't want anyone in surgery talking about my cancer. I don't want any negative words. I don't want any discussion of what my mortality rate is. <clears throat> Just talk about golf. Talk about flowers. Talk about anything else. Good for you. Good for you. So wow, that is fantastic. And so, and, and, sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, no. Go ahead because you know people. You know, my my listeners need to hear this because you know you do have to. We have the power to push out negative talk, negative influences because they do have a bearing upon our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so glad you've mentioned that because years later, um, when I was writing this book, I got introduced to Dr. Kelly Turner, who has done some amazing work through what is called the Radical Remission uh, Project. And she has a book of the same name and now Radical Hope, which she very kindly asked me to contribute to. But Kelly explains it in as much that of course, when you're diagnosed with cancer, you immediately go into a fight or flight stage because you are so, so stressed. It's one of the worst things you can ever hear. But the challenge with being in fight or flight mode, as you well know, is that if you stay in that stress state, your body can't release all the healing chemicals it needs to release. So you can survive cancer. So in her radical remission book, which is based on looking at patients with a less than 25% chance of survival that do pull through into complete remission, she looks at all the steps they take to achieve that. She says it's, it's common across all of them that the first thing they do is get out of fight or flight and get into hope and gratitude and then their body can start to release all those incredible peptides and hormones that do achieve the result of how they can go into a remission and I think that's such a lovely example of it's far more than thinking that's going to take you where you want to go wow you know this is 
Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying this conversation because this book, Feeling Forge, is something that everyone needs to read. It's in a way, it's it's really Elizabeth. I'm so glad that you wrote this book because it's just, you know, we need everyone needs to transform their mind, not just, you know, like we said at the beginning, you know, to go through a to-do list and hope you meet your goal. It's it's much more than that. I mean, and I'm looking here at chapter seven, and. It, the title of the chapter, ladies and gentlemen, is You Can Embrace the Inexplicable. And let me just read a couple of lines here because I thought this was very, very uh, amazing. When you dream the impossible dream, when you can't seem to get a break, or when you're afraid that everyone else is more successful than you, it's your ability to create the emotions you need that will keep you going. And I love that because... In the end, it's really up to us, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I I get so sad when people, I mean, there's there's all sorts of, you know, feeling not good enough or feeling not worthy or imposter syndrome because in another section of the book, I, I talk about a situation in which I believed I was going to die. And in that moment, and I know in other interviews, people have talked about a great stillness and I experienced that stillness and I realized that, all along I had everything I needed to do whatever I wanted I just had to go within myself to find that that doesn't mean uh, when I talk about being being complete that doesn't mean you're perfect in every way or you you have the ability to speak five languages and pay for instruments it's the ability to find that emotion in inside that leads to an understanding that you you can do anything that you want to do and the inex- embracing the inexplicable how your life turns out is not necessarily logical. I mean, uh, you shared a lovely story in one of your podcasts about seeing your name in the paper. Well, it wasn't. It was an actor who had the same name as you. Right. That, yeah, the TV guide. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And, and the emotion that that generated actually changed your future in as much that, and, and I'm curious, and I know this is my interview, not yours, but I wonder um, if you... You'd never seen your name in that paper and had those feelings of emotions. Your life would have been maybe different. Probably, probably. And and you know what? It's funny. I'm sitting here thinking, which interview is that? And then I just remembered you must have been listening to the Carrie Oberbrunner <laughs> interview. Yes. And uh, when I mentioned that, yeah. And, and it's weird because, you know, I've got the same name as the actor and and I have my own daily television show and I have had it for the last 16 years and it's just a crazy thing. You know, what would my thought process have been if I had never seen my name in the TV guide back in the early 1970s? And it's just, it's really crazy. So, you know, in a way it's funny. I've never ever forgotten that moment. Mm. And, and I, and I'm trying to remember, I, I was probably I know, maybe eight years old. But I've never, ever forgotten it. And, and, but I want you, but here's what I want to do. I want you to tell us, it, to me, it's a funny story. So I want, I want you to tell it because in your book, you said that your relationship with Tony Robbins began with both of you yelling at each other. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So 
I think I was up late with a, a small child one night and I saw, Tony, saw Tony's infomercial and I'd already read his books, but I hadn't done a course. So, and at the moment, at the time, look, I was working as a lawyer. Things were going, no, I was a management consulting then. Things were going really well. I had a nice house with a nice yard and I had two kids, but I, I still wasn't feeling completely on track. And I was also still getting rejected from the publishers. But so I saw this infomercial and, and thought, well, this could be something new. Can, this isn't working at the moment. So let's try something different. And I remember I got this big box of cassettes and it had to be delivered to the office because my partner at the time wasn't into that kind of thing. And I remember one of my colleagues looking at this huge box of cassette tapes and saying, that's not a course, that's a commitment. But as <laughs> but I got the cassettes and, and I used to listen to them after I dropped everyone off. I had eight minutes between the last drop off and getting to the office. So Tony has this great style where he will have an idea and he'll say, stop the tape, write this down. And, and they say, you are stopping the tape, aren't you? And of course, I'm in my eight minutes. I'm going, I can't stop the tape, Tony. It's only eight minutes. And I guess I'll do it later. So when uh, I sent him a copy of my first book many years later, The Secrets of Cancer Survivors, he wrote me a beautiful letter back and said, well, I know you didn't always stop the tape, but I really think you did pretty well anyway. <laughs> and uh, wow. gave me a, a, a lovely quote um, back then, which I used that, until I got the quote for this book. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Feeling Forwards is a book you have to have. And Elizabeth, what do you want your readers to mainly take away from this book? that you can have the future you want and you can have it by noticing, firstly, defining what that is. And in the book, I talk about how to define your aim rather than a goal. A goal can be a little uh, misleading because you can achieve that goal and then it feels like, well, so now what? And you get what I call the post-success blues. But how to really define your aim and find a purpose and meaning in what is happening in your life right now. Immersing yourself in noticing the future you want rather than settling for thinking that life just happens to you. And I promise once you can align your emotions and your thoughts, things will happen that you would never have thought possible. Well, Elizabeth, your book is amazing. It's incredible. It's a uh, it's as this show is called life changing it is and it can be life changing for thousands of people and and ladies and gentlemen i literally can talk to elizabeth all day about this but i'm going to leave you with the title of chapter nine and it's called you can own your day mm -hmm. and i want you to think about that that you can own your day that means we have one life we have one life to live we have one shot. Don't waste it another day. You have the chance to go after your dreams every single day. Some people think that they can't reach their dreams. They look at the circumstances before them, but that doesn't stop you. It's what's in your mind. It's what's in your heart. And you need to follow your dreams. You know, it doesn't matter what the situation is before you. Every stumbling block becomes your stepping stone. And don't ever forget that. And Elizabeth, 
where can all of my listeners connect with you? Oh, thank you so much. Well, my website is elizabethgould.com. And if they'd like to send me an email, I can send them a little worksheet I use myself every day called the top five questions to create your future. So I would love to hear from them there. I'm on Instagram at elizabethgould underscore. My Facebook page is Elizabeth. Gould official, but I'm cutting across soon to a new Feeling Forwards Facebook page, and I would love to hear from everyone there as well. Oh, fantastic. And we can get all of that information at your website at elizabethgould.com? You sure can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, her last name is spelt G-O-U-L-D. Just think of the word gold and just put the U in the middle of it. I so love that. Isn't that great? That's awesome. And, that's gold. <laughs> well, hey, that's it. It is gold. And Elizabeth, your book is literally gold. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, get the book. Now, Elizabeth, is your book available on Amazon? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, paperback, and uh, elect- uh, Kindle electronic version as well, but not in bookstores oh. at the moment. Well, that's all right. I'm a Kindle user, so uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I love the da- I love the downloads. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, she is coming in all the way from Australia, and uh, so it is very late on her side of the world. But uh, I think she has given you plenty of vital information today. Again, her book, Feeling Feelings Forward. Get the book, download it, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, just do it. Go to her website again, Elizabeth Gould, G-O-U-L-D.com and check out everything she has there. And uh, believe me, your life can be improved. Your life can change just a click of a website away. So go check uh, Elizabeth Gould out today. And ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of life-changing wellness just hit subscribe on itunes or spotify and if i can ask you a favor please take 30 seconds to rate the show on itunes thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible so just look up dr bond's life-changing wellness on any streaming service you can also learn more about me at drwardbond.com again thank you for listening to life-changing wellness as we are known as a different kind of wellness show and remember Something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.